Good evening. You're tuned in to Friendship, the Power of Positive Living with Dr. James Huey, a specialist in human affairs, and his special guests, all of whom will aim to help you take charge of the opportunities in your life. Let's go right into the studio right now and join Dr. Huey for The Power of Positive Living. There are no trees at sea. That's going to be our topic tonight here on Wellness Radio. This will be an overview of wellness psychology and the whole concept of how personal retreating can be of value for you. There are no trees at sea. How obvious this sounds when one first hears it. How does it have any relationship to the whole concept of personal growth and to wellness psychology? Well, here in Galveston during the months of January, February, and March, we are fortunate to have a natural phenomenon that lends itself well to the whole area of personal growth psychology. As the warm winds from the south come over the Gulf of Mexico, they hit the cool land and fog is formed. Fog is one of those beautiful acts of nature that gives us a chance to really reflect on how much we depend upon external guideposts for living our normal everyday lives. In other words, on a bright sunny day or even in the evening, I can drive all over the island or even on the mainland, and I have reference points. I have trees, I have telephone poles, I have buildings, I have billboards, all kinds of reference points to let me know where I am located. I have street signs that tell me what street I am on and streets that I intersect. These give me guidance on getting from point A to point B. What happens whenever fog rolls in during these winter months? Well, fog cuts off my visual acuity, cuts off my visual chance to see what is around me. My normal, typical, everyday reference posts are lost. I cannot see where I am at, and I have difficulty in going from A to B. So fog cuts down one's chances of depending upon the typical, normal patterns of life. Now, if I am at sea, and you've ever been on a cruise ship, you notice that one area of ocean tends to look a lot like another area of ocean. And as you go mile after mile after mile, the ocean tends to be looking the same. You depend upon other external reference points, like the stars or the sun or the moon or some other source to be able to tell you where you are. But even at sea, when fog will come in and cut off the opportunity one must go to more of internal sources, other checkpoints, other references to find out where one is located and how they will get from A to B. And if you happen to be in a fog, in a physical nature, you can understand the difficulties that come with depending upon externals to guide and direct your life. Well, if you take fog as an analogy of what happens during our lives, Whenever critical, important, significant events occur that cut us off from our normal, everyday reference points. For example, 
if a spouse dies, when our parents die, whenever we lose a job, whenever we are in a severe accident, an illness occurs, or something happens where our reference points that are normally and typically guide us through our lives are altered and or lost. How do we then respond? So often people who depend entirely upon externals to guide and direct their lives are lost. Just like me driving around Galveston Island. If I depend entirely on externals, I can get lost in a hurry. When one is forcing themselves to confront and adapt to emotional fog, such as the losses or the changes that occur in one's life that we were mentioning just a few moments ago, there is a need to develop an internal compass. Developing an inner order, something that we can refer to inside of ourselves that gives us a chance to evaluate, to contemplate, to make decisions on what would be appropriate for us to do in this particular situation. We have a concept in psychology called continuum thinking. Continuum thinking is going from point A to point B as a matter of degrees. I call it a feeling or cognition differentiation scale. To differentiate and realize that most behaviors Most cognitions, feelings come in degrees rather than black and white, good or bad, right or wrong, either or kinds of views. For example, if you will take a continuum, which is a line going from 1 to 10, we will try and visualize that in our minds right now and say that point 1 represents extensive almost total external direction in our lives. A person who would be labeling themselves as a point one would be someone who would live their life entirely directed by external influences. Going all the way down to the other end of the line, where we have a 10, this end of the continuum would be someone who is focused entirely on internal listening. Their guidance and their guidepost for daily living come from within. I personally believe that extremes tend to be, for the most part, unhealthy. Yes, there are some times when ones are appropriate, and there are times when tens are appropriate and healthy. But I find that as I interact with people who come and talk with me, and as I live my own life, I find that people generally fall in the two through nine range. And yet most people have not had any opportunity, have not had the experience to find out what living and operating and feeling in the degree range of two through nine is all about. Where are these externals as we try to sort out our one through ten process. Well, the externals that I'm talking about 
come from parents. Parents tell us what we believe, what we value, what our opinion is, what we're supposed to do with our life, things that are important to us, things that are unimportant to us. They give us labels, etc. Now, parents do it. Friends do this. The church does it to us. Schools do it to us. Employers do it. And, of course, the mass media, newspapers, television, and even radio are out there trying to define for us who we are, what is good, what is appropriate, what is in and out. So we're constantly getting externals. The more we rely on externals, the closer we are to that one on that continuum we were mentioning earlier. If you get to the point where you can rely on internal listening, that skill, that talent, that most people have never really had a chance to develop. The ability to listen internally would be down at 10. I believe that emotional and mental health is the capacity to experience 1 through 10, not 1 or 10. I believe that as we grow up, we are constantly forced to record our tapes about what other people see in us and how they particularly perceive us. These externals are then internalized. The values and beliefs of our society then become us. That's who we are. We internalize these externals about ourselves and the world in which we live, and they become us. And sometimes they work very healthfully for us, and other times they tend to produce unhealthy responses. I remember someone saying once that children are the world's greatest recorders, but they're also the world's worst interpreters. What does that mean? As we grew and as we evolved, we got to hear what other people told us we were. They got a chance to define ourselves through listening to other people. We got a chance to find out whether we were tall or short. Not whether we were six feet or four feet or three feet, because those are definitive measurements. But if we were tall or whether we were short, because that's a value judgment. We got a chance to find out that because someone told us whether we were too fat or whether we were too lean. Someone told us, and they gave us names like fatty or beanpole. We had a chance to get uh, characteristics like hair color, being called carrot top or red or something like that if we happen to have red hair. These messages were constantly being recorded in our inner conscience. We had a chance to find out whether we were perceived as honest, dependable, reliable, pleasurable to be with, whether we were seen as intelligent, or whether we happened to, for example, be perceived as being lazy or dumb or stupid or unreliable or unintelligent. We had a chance to find out whether we were honest or whether we were perceived as being deceitful. As I talk to you, you are hearing what I'm saying. But you as an adult now get a chance to interpret 
what I'm saying. You have a chance to evaluate it. You have a chance to decide whether it has meaning or relevance in your life. And if it does, fine. You take something out of it and go with it. In our early days, we didn't quite have that opportunity because we were excellent recorders but very poor interpreters. If you will think back to another possibility of how to see this, would be as if you can think of your days when you went to an amusement park. I can still remember going down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and going to one of those fun houses, the House of Mirrors. There were mirrors that made me, as a small child, look as though I were seven feet tall. There were others that made me look as though I were barely two feet tall. Which was I? I was neither one, but the mirror that I was looking at, and it was really me, said that I was either two feet tall or seven feet tall. Now, I had the choice of either accepting that or rejecting it. If I were not careful, I could record it and record one and not the other, and I would carry that image of myself into adulthood. Or I could even be confused and record them both and not even be sure of whether I was tall or short. One that was probably more appropriate to my own situation was the mirror that said that I was very, very large, probably weighed 350 pounds or so. Another mirror said that I would weigh less than 100. And as a child, being concerned about my weight, then I found myself saying, my goodness, I like this mirror that says I'm thin, but I believe the mirror that says I look like 350. So... I carry images of myself on how I look at myself and which mirror I choose to believe as a child. But now I'm an adult. Now I have the chance to reevaluate, to re-clarify, to redetermine, and to redefine who I am and what I wish to be. I am going to get a chance to develop the capacity to develop internal listening, the ability to hear James Huey through a process of personal growth. I define personal growth as being able to grow as a person, as a human being. I believe that if I am not growing, if I am not changing, not evolving, not challenging, then I'm actually in the process of dying. If I'm not growing... I'm dying. So I prefer to grow. One of the most important parts of personal growth, in my perspective, is to review these tapes that have been recorded in my past and develop the process to hear what they are and to define what I wish to be in the future. The person that I am right now is a result of things I learned about myself in the past. These are things that I perceived and I learned and I made decisions to accept or reject and I made the decision to define my person as I am right now. And if I want that person to be the same tomorrow, then today I must make the decision because who I am tomorrow will be a result of the decisions that I make today. Just as I am today is a result 
of the decisions that were made yesterday. So I have the choice. I want to review the tapes that have defined myself, and I want to hear them internally, and I want to hear them so that I can make the decision whether I wish to continue that definition or whether I wish to redefine. Now, I believe that all of us have the power to define ourselves and we have the power to redefine ourselves. And if you and I do not take the power to define who we are and to redefine who we are each day, then that power is almost gravitated away toward other people. There are no shortage of people in this world who are very eager to jump in and define you and to define me. So we must clarify, I believe, who we are as individuals. Now, I can do that internally and by myself. If you want to get another continuum which says focus on being able to do this all by yourself, being the solitary individual of our society, or you can go down to 10 in which you can only do this with other people. I tend to be more toward the idea that interacting with other people gives me a more balanced perspective of who I am. It gives me a chance to clarify and define myself in the company of a non-judgmental friend, someone with whom I can dare to be myself. And once I find this person, I want to develop my own personal plan to understand what I have already written in my life novel, the chapters that I am writing today in my life novel, and the chapters and story that I want to tell for my future. Whatever amount of future that I have left, I want to know that I have the chance to understand it and I have the chance to change it if I am so willing to do so. I am not a victim of life. I am the author of my life. That gift has been given to me, and I have the chance to write it. If I can accept that awareness, then I can also accept that responsibility. How does one go about reviewing these internal tapes? Well, to me, the first thing is to discover them. And that's why I find interacting with someone else is so helpful for me. If I want to find out what is inside of James Huey, what are the things that make me the person that I am, then I have found that if I can interact with someone else in a very safe, non-judgmental, comfortable hospitality of listening, then I have a chance to discover what's in here. If I can tell you what is inside of me, then I have a chance to overhear it. I have a chance to respond to it. But I also, most of all, have a chance to discover it in the process of letting it come to the surface, letting it rise, letting it come out so that I can see it, so I can touch it, so that I can feel it. And also, I am giving that gift to you so that you can help me discover what in the world is going on inside. Now, after we've discovered some of these tapes and some of these perceptions, 
And I don't know why, but so many people tend to be frightened that this process of discovering is going to turn up something very, very negative. I don't know why, but it seems that we're almost totally astounded if we do some probing and exploring and suddenly discover some really neat, positive, healthy, fun things about who we are. I find that after I discover what's going on, what are the tapes and the perceptions and so forth that have happened to me in the past, I want to clarify. What does that feeling mean? It's down there in my gut, but I really want to clarify it. I want to get it sharper. And after clarifying it, and I can get it into perspective, and I can see it, and I kind of get a, a view of it, I'm ready to explore it. After exploring, one can weigh the pros and cons of the certain particular behavior or attitude. And what are the current outcomes of this particular opinion, belief, or behavior? For example, let me give you one that I find kind of amusing about myself. When I was a child, my mother used to say, Jimmy, whenever you open a Coca-Cola bottle, be sure as you take the cap off to run your thumb around the top of the bottle. Why? To make sure the glass had not chipped and to make sure my lip wouldn't be cut. Well, I listened to Mother, and just like other messages that were recorded in my sound system and my image system and my feeling systems, things like when you get to the street, look to the left, look to the right to make sure no cars are coming, and then cross. Well, I have this particular belief that whenever you opened up a bottle of Coca-Cola, you always check. Well, you know, it's been a long time since I have opened up a glass bottle of Coca-Cola. Now Coca-Cola comes in plastic bottles and it comes in aluminum cans. But the tape is still playing in James Huey's head. So what do I do now? Well, whenever I open up a can, aluminum can of Coca-Cola, or a plastic bottle of Coca-Cola, I run my thumb around it just to make sure that there is no chipped glass. And I do it so quickly, I don't even notice it. As I look at that, I see the price to be paid, and I say it's a low price. It's a habit. It's done quickly. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt anyone else. And to change it would take an awful lot of effort and energy. Therefore, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to leave that as a unique and a lot of kind of a quirky part of me. That's the power that you and I have as we evaluate ourselves. We have that power. So personal growth is reviewing tapes like that, things that are probably even more important to us, and making the decision whether we wish to keep them the same or whether we wish to change. And as we develop a plan for continuous growth, continuous processing, this becomes personal development. This is your friend and host, James Huey. I thank you for listening to me as I share viewpoints from my own experiences with wellness psychology. These are my gifts to you, my listeners. As your friend and host, I always encourage you to value and nurture yourself as the unique, 
human individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to power for positive living and friendship. Good day.